Men on radio offering nonsensical solutions. Drainage! Drainage, Eli! A maestro reaches across the room and starts to drink your milkshake. I drink your milkshake! I drink it up! But I was, but the beginning of um, there was that one story in the Battle of Buster Scruggs about the uh, the guy mining for gold. I think it was was it Tom was it Tom Waits? It was Tom Waits. Oh yeah, it was Tom. I, for a moment, I thought it was, was that a fever dream? I don't remember. No, it was Tom Waits. All but right. But when I saw that story, it reminded me. It's like oh, this is like the the, the first twenty minutes of There Will Be Blood. Where mm. the guy, it's just mostly silent, showing the drudgery of doing it, and I found it absolutely fascinating. I'm coming for you, Mister Pocket. Is that what he? What was that? That's uh, uh, Tom Waits. Okay, I once again, I have not watched it since it first came out. You came looking for the pocket, you know? Yeah, that's right. Was, was, I'm coming for you, Mr. So pocket. But, um, but no, I find that, but that, that line is so fascinating because, yes, it is a very quotable, funny line, the milkshake. It is. But still, when you watch it, it's still incredibly powerful. So it's lost none of its power from all of the parody. Hmm. All right, so, so Daryl, you're you're gonna want to talk because my conversation is gonna be very stilted and about one thing. So, well, if you, you don't talk, we well, haven't seen talk. you in a while, so oh, we're kind of wondering what's been going on. Daryl, my life is cat poop. Cat poop? Huh? Yes, my life is cat poop. Well, that's that's terrible. Well, this, that's, is, this is an active yet. <laughs> I'm sure there's somebody out there who who thinks that sounds like a good time. But. <laughs> But that's a very specific type of person. So with very specific. Things lives. haven't been going well. Is well, that what you're well, well. I'm not talking metaphorically. Like really terrible. I'm talking literal cat poop. Oh, yeah. Re- uh, um. That was not uh, a euphemism. That was not a. Well, I a, know a, you have cats. I do have cats. How many cats are we poop. talking about well, here? Well, you know, we, me and my wife, my lovely wife, we have three cats. Three cats. Yes. Got it. Uh, one of them is a recent addition mm-hmm. uh, because a another cat addition. passed away some months ago. Cool it now. Exactly. And we've got a new cat. All right. And, well, it all started because w- before we got the new cat, um, the adoption um, organization here in town, uh, bless them, uh, this is not a bad mouth, it's good for them, they're very strict about the protocols of adopting a new cat, especially when you already have cats. Right. Making sure that the cats that you have have been tested and treated and vaccinated, all that all right. that stuff. We got all their fingers and toes. Yes, yes, yes. Little little toe beans. Mm-hmm. And so we um took the cats in and they we got their test done and all that. Um but one of the old but our older cat, Padre, um Padre. they needed a fecal sample. Oh yeah, those are always fun. Yeah, and and it has to be mm-hmm. relatively fresh. Well, and you also yeah. need to confirm that it's his. Now, when you have multiple cats, wait. When you okay, I was going to ask a question, but you go right oh, ahead. Well, you can. You no, no, no. Well, no. Feel free. Maybe, maybe I was about to answer it. Go ahead. You said they have to 
make sure it's that cat's poop. Exactly. And okay. And how how do they figure that out? I mean, do they well, well, they I mean, run well, a DNA well, poop. Don't. It's up to me. Oh, I've got to deliver. That's what the I'm cat saying. Poop. So you could be delivering different poop from a different cat. I they could. wouldn't know. They wouldn't know. But what's the point Your of paying for a vet? Your cat is completely healthy. But what's the point of paying for a vet if I'm not going to get correct results? You know, I mean, maybe you don't want to know the results. Maybe you don't. It's your favorite but, but cat. You, you don't want to hear the facade. Okay, why are you going to the facade to go to a doctor? I don't Let's... want to hear any bad news about my favorite cat. So you, you know, you switch the, you do the poop switch. So then, don't take it to the vet. Oh, okay. Don't, don't do it. Just, no, I mean, just take I it mean, out back. About, think about you need to provide a poo sample to your doctor, and you provide a, a someone else's poo sample this for whatever is a good reason. Topic. I love this topic. This is this is why I said you you should bring something up because. This is what consumes my brain. I will eventually. Don't worry, but this That's is great. fine. So when you have a dog, you have to think of questions like, how often does my dog use the bathroom? Because you don't want to do true. it in the house. Well, yeah, that's true. But when you have a cat, uh-huh. you already have a system in place. The cat is going to the bathroom in your house. Unless, unless you're a very smart individual with a cat yeah. that can go outdoors and that's has true. the ability to go outdoors whenever it wants. Right. That's it. Which is the kind of cats I grew up with. So Yeah, I did. I, I have not. Well, I never grew up with cats. I didn't know cats until I met my wife. Mm-hmm. And I became a cat person. And so, I am a cat person. I enjoy cats. So you married a cat lady. I did. Mm-hmm. So, I all right, did. All right. Enough about that. Back to the poop. Yes, exactly. So, so suddenly, and they gave me like a month. I had a month to do it. Uh-huh. And they were like, okay, you need to figure out. You need to you need to bring us a, a, a feces sample from Padre. Mm-hmm. Okay. So now suddenly it's like, okay, when does Padre use the bathroom? The answer is not often. Oh. Yeah. So okay. Or at least not when I'm seeing it. Oh, okay. So you couldn't. Uh, you weren't following the cat everywhere he went. No, then. I've got a life. Well, that's what I figured. You know. Even though I do I do work from home, so you'd think, okay, well, that should make it a lot easier. Yeah. Well, we've got two cats. We've got what we call the spaceship. Oh, oh you got... Oh. Okay, go on. Uh, do you know what I'm talking about when I you say mean that? You mean like that big... Uh, uh, I've seen like commercials for those things. I think you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's an automated they walk uh, in, litter box. Yeah. They walk in and... So like like it. like it, it looks like um, it looks like a spaceship from a movie. I want to say, although it's been a moment since I've seen it from the top of my head, that movie Arrival. It looks like one of those or something <laughs> like that. You know, it, it, it's 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 white. It has a, a blue light about it to let you know oh. everything's working okay. Yeah, it looks. Wow. We we call it the spaceship. That's pretty handy. So the cat goes inside. It's got like the the weight triggers, right, right. and after the cat leaves, the the machine assumes it's done business. Yeah. It waits about two minutes so that the litter inside can properly mm. absorb some absorb moisture. everything, right? And then it rotates, mm-hmm. separates the litter, got separates it. the uh, the poop and the pee from the litter into a bag that you place underneath it and then rotates back and the litter comes back into place. Right. And so it solves you having to clean a litter box every single day. Mm-hmm. Me and Meredith enjoy it very much. Well, I would think so, yeah. But I can hear when the thing is in use. So even though I work from home, <laughs> I'm, I'm not catching it. So we've come to realize that Padre only uses the bathroom late at night. Oh. Late at night. Okay. Really? 
Yes. Okay. So we're not going to catch them fresh out of the process of doing it. Probably not, no. Um, so I've been trying for the past several weeks to get a, a feces sample of Padre. Right. I have paid for this. My last time, when, when he did his um, his last appointment, we did all the checks and everything. Yeah. And plus, he's at 10 years old. So once a cat reaches 10 years old, apparently, these are things I'm learning. Yeah. They need to, you know, like like, like most of us do when we reach a certain age, they oh, need yeah. to get certain things checked and see right. how things are going. Yeah. So I was like, okay, well. I know that very well, yes. So, exactly. Mm-hmm. So I will be learning about it very shortly. Might be, I'm checking right now. I, I wish you wouldn't in front of me. <laughs> Uh, all right, go on. <laughs> okay, thank I you. I was going to wait till you're finished. And so, so I've got to get. A, so, so they were like, well, "Okay, well, we need to get a, for this 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 last test we need to do. We need a, a, a sample of the species. Uh, would you like to go ahead and pay for that service now?" I was like, "Okay, well, I'm here. I'm all about efficiency. If it needs to be done, sure. Then let's go ahead and do it. Right. So I've already paid for this. I need to provide them some feces." <laughs> Sorry, just the word feces. I'm sorry. Well, what would be what would be your preferred term? No, no, that's fine. Feces is great. Feces is okay. I mean, I think it's the most medical. It is. It is. Yes. So I'm looking for him to drop some poopy poop. Right, cat poop. Um, I'm sorry, feces. It's not happening. And so finally, so I'll (laughs) I will get to the end of the story. Long story short, Padre sometimes gets in a mood for whatever reason. Who knows why cats have the emotions they have. I'm not going to try to justify it. Years of trauma. Yes, yes, poor. These poor, poor cats. I know their lives. They got it rough. They really do. Um, Luckily. Huge dome to poop. And also, I I know. It could be claustrophobic. It's like, I think all pet owners will will, will own up to this. After a while, you know what your, your, your pet's poop looks like. No. You don't? No, I don't. Do you have a pet? I do not have a pet at the moment. No, well, you will if you have a pet. You like will I, know it's poop. like I said. I grew up grew up way out in the country, so the cats went outside. That's true. If you got a well, if if you regularly have to deal with the disposal and cleaning of your pet, small poop. woodland creatures they would eat. And yes, but sometimes if, they'd get a little up, tummy upset from that. Well, that makes perfect sense. But if you have to be in the business mm-hmm. of cleaning up your, your cat's pet's business, poop, yeah, you're, yeah, you're 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 going to get familiar with what they're droppings tend to look like okay so luckily this morning i I, luckily unluckily um padre pooped outside of the spaceship oh i know it's him because the new cat that we had was he upset about something he may have been upset about he he grumbled who knows i mean i'm not about to try to understand the world of a cat are you filming me right yeah, now? yeah I, want, I want to hear about the keep going this is uh, great okay uh, well okay well i'm getting to the best part the reason i know it was his I mean, nobody's watching so don't worry okay that's fine the reason i know it's his right yeah go this on this is great radio while people are eating breakfast yeah uh, this is great it's fantastic people like to hear about cats it's because pets. i we had to lock up the new cat last night the new cat is shmeep shmeep is the new cat okay shmeep shmeep hmm Yes. Uh, How did you all get that name? That is a great question. Okay, that's another story um, for another day, I I guess. I don't know if I have the answer to it. It just Mm kind of happened. Right. The cat, when we got it from the the shelter, um, its name was Shimmer. Oh. Very cute name, right? Shimmer. Very cute. Yeah, why would you not keep that? Yeah. 
Um, for whatever reason, somehow we started calling it Schmeep. I don't know something about oh. its attitude. We said, "Look at that little Schmeep." Oh. And that just became the name, kind of like how we have our our other cat I've not yet mentioned, Mama Cat, Black Cat. Got it after Florence. Mm-hmm. Inherited it after Florence. Yeah. It adopted us. Yeah, and, a lot of folks probably. Yes. Found some um, critters. Roll, yeah, it, yes, out. that one tried to give us five additional kittens. We found homes for those. We weren't <laughs> going to keep all those. But anyway, that, that is a whole other story. All right. Um, but Mama Cat, is her name is actually um, Piddle. 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 Because before we formally adopted her, she would just live out on our deck out in front of our house, and she oh. would just lie there flat as a puddle on the floor of the deck. Got it. Which became Piddle. Okay. But none of that mattered. And we did call her Piddle for a while until she became pregnant and we had to deal with all that. And then she was Mama Cat. And she is still Mama Cat. Mm -hmm. So I hope you wanted to listen about cat stuff this morning. I do. I I, I love cats. That's great. Okay, so Mama Mama has not been an issue. Mama, we joke about her being a bad cat, but the truth is she's a very good cat. Good. We have not had to deal with, with, like, messy things, as I've been talking about with her. Right. So we got this new cat. Me and Meredith were away for the weekend this past Labor Day. Got it. Um, and, you know, cats, you could leave them alone for a couple of days. We had someone coming in each day to watch on them, make sure their food and water was taken care of, mm-hmm. that the spaceship was not stuck upside down and there was no litter in it, all that stuff. Good. Well, apparently, at some point, and we have figured out it was the new one, Schmeep, um, peed on our bed. <gasps> yes. Which has not been a problem with either of the other cats. Even when the other cats, like Padre, gets upset. When Padre gets upset, he is very gentleman about it. Which, the, about the only way a cat can... There's only two ways a cat can let you know it's upset. It destroys things with its claws. True. Or it uses the bathroom on things. Mm-hmm. Which I guess is the number one thing any pet can do. That is the well, two things they do. Um, Padre is a gentleman about it. If he is going to let us know he's upset, he is going to poop outside of the spaceship. But he's going to do it right outside the spaceship. Okay, good. This is this is how much I know about cats. Like I'm I am not going to listen to this broadcast because all I'm going to do is look <laughs> at it and just be like, oh my goodness, what am I? What is this? What, what do you mean? What? So it's we figured out it's me. And I'm talking about this. The pee went all the way down. Wow. Yeah, so we had to strip the entire bed. There was a weighted blanket on top of the bed because Meredith likes sleeping with those. Right. Um, and then, you know, comforter, sheet, fitted sheet. Even had, like, one of those cooling pads. Wow. Yeah, yeah the bed is decked out. Oh, it sounds nice. It is. It's very nice. Mm. Except when it gets peed on. Well. So true. that all gets stripped. The bed, all that gets washed. It's a whole day affair. Like, we've been gone the whole weekend, and we we went and saw some friends um, in, in Atlanta, Georgia. We had a wonderful time. The great people. Um, their extra bed is a fold-out bed, like a couch bed. Right. Not the best sleep, especially compared to the all the accoutrement yeah. that I just mentioned mm-hmm. and the wonderful sleep that we are used to. Right. So we were looking forward to getting home, getting to our bed. <coughs> Not happening. We get mm-hmm. home. As we're about to go to bed, we discover that. It's like, well, this needs to be stripped. We're not sleeping on this tonight. Got to get some spray on the mattress just to be safe mm-hmm. and wash that. Just all of that. So we end up sleeping on the couch ah. <laughs> when we returned to Newburn. Ah. The thing we were trying to avoid and we were looking forward to not being a part of that next night. The next night, 
best night's sleep in the world. Okay. Great night's sleep, everything. Yeah, so good. last night, we come home. Meredith, um, she's directing a show at the Civic right now. Oh, wow. And uh, they did promo pictures last night, and I went to go help with that process. So me, both me and her are away from the house last evening. Uh-oh. Apparently, two hours was enough to enrage little Schmeep again. <laughs> Comes time to come to bed. Oh. I, I walk into the bedroom and I catch that whiff. You know the one. Ah, yes, the, the ammonia. Can't find it. And I, I smell it. Like I can't mm. find it. I'm looking all around. I'm checking all the usual places. It is poop. Oh. It is poop smell. Oh, it's, it's poop. Oh, it's poop smell. Not the pee. No, it's not. Mm. It is poop. And I'm looking at all the usual places that, that things might happen. Not only did Schmeep poop on the bed, Ugh. not only did Schmeep poop on the bed, somehow was able to, and I'm not saying it was intentional. Uh, I, I'm assuming, though, because the cats and dogs, they both do that scratch-scratch that thing with their hind legs covering yeah. up whatever thing they don't like. They try, yeah. I'm assuming that's what must have happened. The top sheet covered it. Right. <coughs> yes, yes, I'm... Yeah. So it took me a moment to find it. Mm hmm. Because it was covered. It right. was unseen. Mm-hmm. Right. There it is. So once again, well, first I had to clean the poop off of it. You know, well, sure. so I know it's good for you. No, and no. then clean the sheets best I can, strip the bed completely again, wash it again. Uh. This time we, we, we were able to find some other sheet. We were, because it didn't you know make it all the way to the mattress, of course. Well, good. Thank goodness. That's yeah. the one that we were able to, to, to re-sheet the bed, and we were able to see about it last night. I, I know everybody was concerned about that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so, and so, yeah, literally. And then, like, the whole thing with Padres Cat Poop, as, as this morning as I'm getting up, I saw where, for whatever reason, he was upset – I know one cat was locked away because we put it in the bathroom last night oh. with food, water, okay, and, fine. and a litter box because we don't want to clean up more stuff again there. But, you know, it's, it's a trust issue now. Mm. As I'm sitting here, my bedroom door is closed because I'm uh. tired of it. Um, I've, I've had to wash my bedroom sheets twice in three days. <laughs> that, what, uh. If that happens, okay, I'll be honest. If that happens twice a year, then I'm doing good. Right. You know? Uh, so wh- why why are your cats suddenly having these issues? I don't know. Is it is it something something changed in the house? Did you? Uh, I'm did you assuming paint a room that you know the color they don't like, even though they can't tell. The best thing I can figure. Look, Padre, he just gets in moods. I'm not going to try to psychoanalyze him. But with Schmeep, Schmeep is only about. She's only been in the house about maybe almost two months. Mm, okay. And so before that, she was Colonial Capitals. She was in the cages. We saw her in PetSmart. Oh. I was like, what a cute cat. Let's meet her. Oh, my goodness. This went well. And then next thing you know, she's in the house. She's in the house. Yes. That's how it always happens. Um, and I'm assuming, because this is the first time anything like this has happened with Shmeep, and I'm assuming Shmeep was just upset because we were gone for three full days. Yeah, that, that might do it. Yeah. yeah probably four, <laughs> full, four full days when you really mm-hmm. get down to it. And so I'm, uh, that was just an act of rebellion, anger, whatever. Sure. Mm-hmm. And when we left again, the both of us last night for about almost two and a half hours, I'm assuming she just thought, oh, they're gone again. I'm mad. Mm-hmm. That's my assumption. If I were to psychoanalyze the situation, that's what I think it was. But cat poop. 
Yeah, cat poop. So, yeah. So, as I sit here and I'm talking to you on the radio, I have a Ziploc bag in my car. Uh huh. And it's got Padre's poop. Oh. So I'm going to be dropping that off after I finish. Making the drop here. today. Yes, because after, I finally got it. After Padre's drop, you're making the drop. I am dropping off. But, yes, yeah, so I have handled so much cat poop. Just within the past, let's say, nine hours. Look, you know, that's, that's probably less. That's one of the, the thrills of being a cat owner. You know? it, but it's not supposed to be. Not now that well, I've got the spaceship. No. The spaceship is supposed to take care of this. Obviously, it's not. So it's not. You might need a, a, like a feline therapist of some kind. Not maybe, doing it. maybe have a little talking to with the cat. Um, Nope. The nope. pain pleasure, uh, you know, dichotomy. I'm we might have to add that. that in there. Uh, I don't know. It's just maybe it's a phase. So you know? so yeah. So this is why I really wanted you thing. to have something else to talk about. Because oh, I got all sorts of things to talk then about. Then please go because I know this is an abbreviated show and we've already had twenty plus minutes. Well, of um, cat poop. You know, you, you've heard of the, the Fathom events, folks. They show they they, they do. At theaters across the country, they'll show old movies. Yeah, yeah, or like, yeah. Like I'm, opera or other stuff like that. I know I've watched older movies. Yeah. Well, I got a message from my uh, my, my brother recently. He uh-huh. said that in uh, Fathom is showing They Live. So, we went down to Jacksonville last night to the oh. AMC 16 Jacksonville's, whatever, the one with all the 16 screens on oh, it. Oh, my goodness. I would have checked that out. Paid twelve fifty a pop. To watch They Live on the big screen, which exactly. I, I'm fine with, you know, because I'd never seen it on the big screen before. Exactly. It's like when I went to see Blazing Saddles the same way. I'd yep. never seen it on the big screen. So, yeah, and I remember I just I was watching the movie, and I had forgotten how slow it was for the most part. I like that, though. It's, it's got that... Uh, they was one of my favorites. I'm about to geek out, but it's got that that great. I love that musical score. Don't don't don't. We were mocking that the whole time because there were only two other people in the theater with yeah, us. Yeah, there's never a lot of people. So every time there's like because there was like it'd go boom boom and then there'd be a snap or like a little like that. And then like that harmonica. Yeah. So every time we're sitting there going boom boom. Yeah. Boom boom. It's like show. it's like, it's like a western score. It's scored like yeah, a western. Yeah. Yeah. And then we're, we're, I said and then my brother was talking about he, he said, yeah, I remember the first like 10 minutes like there's rolling the credits and him just walking, yep. just walking and walking. He's like he said it was, I was he said he wanted to reach for the remote control and fast forward the VHS. I said, "No, <laughs> we're screwed. We're stuck here for a while." So I I like it. I I, I, I enjoy I, the I movie. Like the way it's paced I out. enjoy the movie, but there's like certain like the uh, What's her name? Holly Thompson, the woman who works at the TV station. Who, With the crazy eyes. Right, right. Who, who With the unique eyes. Double-crossed uh, Nada yeah, yeah. at the end. And it's like, there wasn't much character development for her. No. Essentially, she was just thrown in there for the heck of it. The ending is... The idea behind the ending is is fine and dandy and good, but the execution of the of the third act it's it, it's the weakest part of the movie yeah, in my yeah. opinion. Yeah. So um, you know we saw the uh, credit that said that this movie is based on a short story by uh, what was his name? I already forgot. I already forgot his name. It's like the eleven o'clock people or something like that. Uh, it's um, eight o'clock in the morning. Eight o'clock in the morning by okay. Ray. I already forgot his last name. I don't know. But anyway. So I went on. We went online, and I was oh. I was looking for the short story. I said, "How short a story is this?" Because uh-huh. I was joking. I said, "Eh, sounds like he took a four-page short story and stretched it out to an hour and a half oh, movie." No. So I went online and found it. 
it's slightly over five pages. <laughs> and of course, you know, Rowdy Roddy Piper's character is named Nada. Yeah. But they never, no one ever calls him by that in the movie, I think. Nobody ever says, I don't think his name is ever, he has never, never spoken, it's just, hey you! So I was I was reading the, the short story and I go, George did this and George did that. I said, who's George? Oh, evidently that's not his first name. Oh, okay. <laughs> I said, okay. But essentially, yes, we took, it took like a five and a half page short story and just mm, stretched it out as far as he could. Uh, it, 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 it works. It, it I works. Mean, I, when John Carpenter did an intro for the movie last night. So oh. Well, welcome, everybody. And it's, uh, In person, all I All four bet. of us. Yeah, he, he yeah. could have. <laughs> if he had shown up, I wouldn't have recognized him anyway until he, oh, hi, I'm John Carpenter. Oh, yeah, I forgot what you looked like, to be honest with you. But, uh, yeah. I would have I liked to have seen that. I love They Live. Oh, oh yeah. It was it was pretty good, actually. Well, that's crazy, because while we were in Atlanta, Georgia, long story short, like, the first day I was there, just a bunch of walking, you know, just seeing a bunch of stuff, um, lots of walking, like, like 20,000 steps. It was great. Mm -hmm. um, and then the second day, it was a bit hotter. Yeah. And so we did some walking, and uh, we went to, um, and at one point we went to the Battery, where the new Atlanta Braves stadium is, or new to me at least. Last time I was there, I was in a different location. Yeah, it'd be new to me as well. Ago. Yeah. I was in the previous one last week. Yes. There was no game yesterday, so it was largely deserted. Oh. Or I'm on that day. So you got to run the bases. Deserted. That's nice. Uh, I, okay. <laughs> Didn't get to, but I was this close. Because yeah. apparently they had a friend who works with the stadium. And so they made a phone call. I was like, hey, you're not by chance working today, are you? They were not. But there was a brief moment where I was like, if I could go into the stadiums um, completely, like, uh, uh, empty, that would be that would have been a really cool thing. Yeah. Didn't happen. Didn't oh, happen. All right. Um, so we ended up was like, well, okay, well, it, the day's getting too hot. We got to get inside there. There's a movie theater in the battery, and we discovered that they were showing the Goonies in an hour. Oh wow! So we ended up watching the Goonies. <laughs> we saw, I saw the Goonies in the movie theater, and uh, but I but and I will ask this to you because I discovered watching. Yeah, sure. I grew up with the Goonies. I got a soft place mm -hmm. for it, and, but I never really. Over the years, I've kind of I don't want to say I looked down on it, but I've, I, I got I, I thought I liked it more for nostalgia than I did for what it kind of was right but watching it on the big screen i got a better appreciation mm -hmm. of it mm -hmm. i've got a deeper appreciation of that movie having watched it on a big screen right did you feel that any watching they live did you did it feel better or maybe more like a oh, movie it was, it was much better yeah it was much better because They're made for it yeah it was the even though the pacing was uh <laughs> i'm still Still, uh, I still maintain it. Okay. I, I hadn't seen the movie in probably 15 years, to be honest with you. Uh -huh. So it's like I've forgotten the pacing. Yeah. but It takes its time. It it, it worked. I mean, I did yawn at one point. Uh, yeah, I did I get know. a little bored. I think that was after the big fight he had with... Uh, you know, everybody goes on and on about that eight-minute fight that happens. Mm -hmm. and, and I'll be honest, I've always thought it was too long. <laughs> Is is because there's a there's one point that has like a, a very logical stop in the fight, right? You know, I mean, to be honest with you, number one, you know, the, you you could have made that movie without the fight. True. You could have had a tussle with them, put it, forcing the glasses on the other guy. Uh, there's something I don't know if they were trying to if they were deliberately padding out the time to make this yeah. five page short story yes. <laughs> feature length, or if they were just like okay we've got Rowdy Roddy Piper mm -hmm. and Keith David is not in bad shape whatsoever. No. Um, He's still young. Yeah, so we're we're just going to take advantage of this 
and do a great fight. I don't know. I don't know which. I don't know what necessitated what. Um, I, I, I'm going to go with that theory because yeah, it's, it's a well done fight. Like it, taken on its own merits, it's like okay, well that's a that's a good fight. I don't know why we're doing it for eight minutes. Well, as I remarked to my brother, I said, man, they would have been dead ten times over as hard well, as they hit each other. There's even one suplexes. Point there, there's one point in th- and I'm glad they put this in there. If you're going to have a fight for eight minutes, where they both are exhausted. Yeah, like halfway through, they're just exhausted. They take a breath, you know, and then whatever starts the fight back up again. Mm-hmm. They literally stop and are just. <gasps> He gets back up right in the kidneys. Exactly. Um, but I, but I, but I, but I do love that movie, and I think the the, the first uh, hour of it is is in, I I love it. it's incredibly strong in the build up mm-hmm. and the whole walking sequence in the beginning. I'll make the argument. You know, it's he's coming from the the train or the trail the railroad tracks is where he starts right. in the beginning of the movie. So he's in he starts in the slums and the drudges of um, I guess it's. L.A., I guess, yeah, is where I, it takes place. It was, yeah, I'm California. assuming it was L.A. It was definitely California. Yeah. Um, and then slowly walks his way through to, like, the main town. So you, you, you see just the, the the juxtaposition between, you know, the homelessness and then, you know, all the, all the big business and all that stuff. Right. You know, and I went to L.A. earlier this year um, and got to see that firsthand. It's, oh. it's weird. It's interesting. Well, you know, and then and you see some of that in, in, in Georgia as well. It's just that, that in close proximity to each other, you've got both extremes of of um, wealth and lack thereof. Well, that was one of the things that John Carpenter was saying in the whole intro. He said that this movie is more relevant today than when it was, when, when we made it. And they're going, well, I guess. I mean, I, um, you could say that. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I once heard. I won't. I can't remember who it was, and I'm not going to attribute it to myself. But someone said something really uh, smart when it came to statements like that. Whenever someone says something like it's more relevant today than it ever was, mm-hmm. really, what that means is nothing has changed. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was relevant then. And now it's relevant. It's continued to be relevant now. It's right. relevant. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So it's like, eh, is it more relevant now? I mean, there's certainly cases where I guess you could call a movie or a book. Prophetic or whatever, right? But um, no, in this case, no. There's always been the extreme gaps of uh, poverty and wealth that have happened. Wow. Um, but yeah, no. So that was traversed a number of wide topics from cat poop. It was a quick shift. The rich and the poor. It was a quick shift. (laughs) It it did not take much. Uh, It did not take much. I'm sure there's something. to be said, uh, just um, some symbolism in the fact that I'm, I've got cat poop in my car right now, <laughs> in a Ziploc bag, sealed. You know, I'm I'm going to guess and say that you're not the only person in this town. Oh no way! With cat poop in not his car at the moment. No, I, I bet some of them don't even know it. <laughs> well, that's just it. That's the problem. Uh, I didn't know there's a family of cats who've been using their trunk, car as, <laughs> as a lavatory. Probably not. Probably not. Gosh, now you got me wanting to watch John Carpenter. Well, yeah. I mean, because I was after, and I was looking up the short story, and then the, of course you know the you look it up on Google, and they have all these other questions like, was Kurt Russell ever considered for the part of Nada? And they go, well, eh. John Carpenter. He's, probably for two seconds, and then he was like, oh, okay, well this budget won't afford well, at that. At that point, he had already been in the thing. Yep. And I believe Escape from New York at that point. I yes. can't remember when that came out. So he was probably. And they did an Elvis movie. Yeah. 
So yeah. he was at that point. He, yeah, I don't feel like working with Kurt Russell anymore. Yeah. Let's try somebody else. I'm, I'm, I'm willing to bet it was it was a money thing. It and was just like man, we've got a 15 minute fight scene, so let's get a wrestler. There you go. Yeah, that, that, that's what came first. <laughs> it's like I refuse to make this movie unless there's 10 minutes of just fighting. <laughs> it's not happening. Yeah, I am not. But you know, okay, I did want to say this. At least you say it was based on a five page short story. Slightly over five pages. At least they credited it. Yeah. Like, I hear all these stories, like, apparently, like, the Terminator I found out recently was based on, at least in part, some works by um, Ellison. can't remember his full name. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a famous science fiction writer. He wrote, he wrote a lot of old episodes of The Outer Limits. And there were so, two episodes of The Outer Limits. Harlan Ellison? Yes. Okay. That's exactly who it was. All right. And apparently, the Terminator, I, I don't know what the legalese was that they did, but apparently it was... Um, for, I, I guess the street term would be ripped off. Well, yeah. From two short stories that Ellison wrote for um, The Outer Limits back in like the 60s or 50s. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And like there was this whole legal battle that came out after the movie Terminator was in theaters. And that's why if you watch the movie now on video, there's a credit added right at the very end with acknowledgement to the works of Harlan Ellison. Harlan Ellison. That was not there when the movie first came out. Mm-hmm. And the guy's been in interviews saying that basically it's like, you know, if they'd have come and asked for permission, <laughs> like, I, I would have given it to them, if not for free, then for cheap. Yeah. Especially oh, well. with what that movie was. It was a low-budget whatever in the 80s. Right. But, you know, because they didn't, it's like, okay, well. Lawsuit. Time oh. to get paid. Yeah, exactly. Well, you know, thinking of things that are based on other things, I found out just yesterday that the movie Airplane. Mm-hmm. You didn't know this? It was based on Zero Hour? Not even based. It's, if you watch... Shot by shot, you know, side by side comparison. Yeah, if you, yeah, you saw the video on YouTube? Yeah, that's the first, it's the first you, I've heard of it. You know, I first became aware of it because I went through a period when I was really, really young. There were two movies I watched too much. And when I say too much, I mean once a day. Mm. Um, one or the other. I wasn't watching both a day. There was not enough time in the day for young Keith. Um, but it was, uh, at one point it was Beetlejuice. Right. There was a time when I had that movie line for line memorized, and the other one was Airplane. And even and even as a kid, I would watch the movie all the way to the end of the credits. And um, if nothing else, then to hear the music that they would play. Mm-hmm. And I remember seeing in the ending credits of Airplane, it's not in the opening credits, but in the ending credits, it has a something, something like based on Zero Hour. Right. That's so I was like, wait a second, what's that? And yeah, so those guys, <laughs> they had a theater company called the Kentucky Fried Theater. I guess in Kentucky? No, no, no. I think it was actually in California. Yeah. They were from Kentucky. Okay. Two of the brothers. All the right. David Zucker, Jerry Zucker, and Jim Abrams. And and they would do a lot of like improv, but also written sketch comedy, and a lot of their ideas they would get from late night television. Well, you know, they weren't staying up all night watching TV, so they had this brand new confangled contraption called a VCR. Ooh. And they would just record television all night and then watch it. Because that's when they're like, that's when the weird stuff is, <laughs> even back then. Yeah. And they found this movie, Zero Hour, mm-hmm. which they thought was, it was a serious airplane melodrama about, a, about food poisoning on an airplane, mm-hmm. and there's a disgraced um, World War II pilot, and he's the only one that can land the plane. Literal same story. <laughs> the co-pilot is not Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. It's a baseball player. Uh no, it was a football player. It was a football player. It was, it was a, yeah, Leroy it was a, Crazy Legs Hirsch. Okay. Obviously, yeah, playing the, the co-pilot, but right. played by a non-actor and right. athlete. And so everything about it, there's so – and so they bought the rights. 
to zero hour. Yeah. And essentially, so <laughs> it, so Airplane is essentially a remake. I mean, there are lines of dialogue. You can find the video on YouTube that does the comparison. Yeah, I watched There are lines of dialogue word for word the same because yeah. they found it funny just in of itself. <laughs> I, I never knew that until yesterday. I had nah. no idea. I'm sorry I didn't bring it up. I, I think oh. it's been absolutely fascinating. It's, I, I, want, I would be interested in sitting down and watching Zero Hour top to bottom. Well, the one question I had is you know, the character Johnny in Airplane. I said, was there a Johnny in Zero Hour? I, I would imagine not. There I, was. What? When he's talking about, you know, get, get us some coffee, Johnny. Yeah. That's the line from Zero Hour. Huh? There's a guy, Johnny. I go. He's not as. He, there's no way he's as good. <laughs> no, no. He's definitely. I, yeah, I don't think he even had any lines. It's just they just tell him Johnny do this and Johnny do that. Because that's what works. That's what works perfect. With I mean, we you know, look. We can talk for 24 hours about the genius of Airplane. Oh, you know, because that all pretty much every actor in that movie, and I do mean, yeah, I'm okay. Every actor, with the exception of Johnny, is taking it so seriously. Mm-hmm. There's nothing funny happening in that movie except johnny is is a goofball <laughs> but he's only in it like here and there he literally just walks past the screen and says some almost fourth wall breaking comment right. and keeps going uh yeah because i wonder if i was watching the video and i go hmm is there and then there was one there was that one line from zero hour the guy you know the the uh lloyd bridges character yeah yeah he's telling johnny to do this and johnny to do that and I go, well, okay and then the guy watching the radar uh huh. Yeah, the same shot. Guy's talking about it. he's all over the place. Yes, which is which in the airplane is Jonathan Banks. Yeah, yeah. It's so it's so weird because he didn't really become famous until like here in the two thousands, mm-hmm. and yet he's all over movies in the eighties and nineties. Like I'll I'll watch it. And I'll be like, that's Jonathan Banks. Yeah, he's the uh, deputy in Gremlins. <laughs> mm hmm. Yeah. Well, I'd forgotten that, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's the second in command in the town. And Gremlins, he's just there. <laughs> I remember as a kid in Airplane, my favorite gag. It's a goofy, wonderful movie. Of course, little eight-year-old Keith loved that movie. But my favorite gag in the whole movie was uh, the reporters in the uh, airport going, all right, boys, let's take some pictures. <laughs> and then removing framed pictures from the wall. That was my favorite joke <coughs> in the whole world. Oh, that movie's just so wonderful, yeah. Yeah. I remember second one's not bad too. The second one is way it's 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 just the same movie as everyone. You're expecting Scott. I will give it credit for one joke. One joke. One joke and one joke alone because it literally repeats a bunch of jokes. But there's one new joke it has that is a that is a fantastic joke. All right. And uh, well, you know the the main character is Ted Stryker. Right. And when they get on the radio and Ted Stryker's already had to take control of the second plane in danger in Airplane Two. It's like, who am I talking to? This is Ted Stryker. And it's the Lloyd Bridge character who goes, Stryker, 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 Stryker. And then at that moment, like a man and a woman both kind of walk up trying to see what's going on. And he just looks up and he finally hits him, Stryker. And he says it to the guy. The guy shrugs his shoulders, punches the woman out. <laughs> that is fantastic. Yeah. That is, fan- that is a great joke. That is a great oh, joke. Oh, goodness gracious. Everything else is terrible. Yeah. I, I am not a fan of Airplane 2, but that joke. Uh, that joke's so good. I wish it had been in the first movie instead, <laughs> so that it could, you know, so I could, uh, I would actually watch it to this day. Oh, right. Uh, but that's great stuff. But I, <laughs> but talking about like young and comedy, I, I remember like that. That was a very, 
I don't know. I remember very distinctly, like having my idea of what comedy has changed by stuff like the the joke with the pictures and mm-hmm. airplane, and then like um, the first time I saw Monty Python and the Holy Grail mm-hmm. came on A and E. A and E used to actually show arts and entertainment. They did. Yeah, yeah that's what that's what it stands for. Oh, it's you been a while now. Um, but I saw that movie start, and this very first thing, you know, after the, the kind of wacky opening credits, but then dramatic music, the title England, whatever the year is, 1900, whatever, and then you come up on that misty, foggy hill, mm. you hear the horse hooves, and then the moment, like I said, less than 10 years old Keith, and I saw the guy faking being on a horse, and the guy with the coconut shells behind him was like, wait a second. <laughs> like, it was funny, but I was just like, wait a second. This is how comedy can be? Yeah. And that's um so I, I, I blame I blame stuff world. Like, I blame stuff like Airplane and My Python and Holy Grail. I just like okay, that <laughs> I, I, I see and, and some people don't appreciate it because they think, Well that's just stupid. No, it's that's cool. not funny at all. It's, it's just it's too obvious. No, it's I need not. subtle humor. No, humor is humor, okay? That is subtle humor, in my opinion. I don't know. Some people think it's it's just hitting you square in the face, uh, which how with with how goofy it is. But it's I, and I think it's the but same no. thing with my Python Holy Grail. It's the it's taking things seriously that are not serious, mm-hmm. and that makes it funny. Yes, yeah, exactly. That is, that, yes, that is what makes it funny in of itself. I mean, life Life of Brian has always been probably my favorite movie. It, it's, of it all is, time, it is. Um, Holy Grail is the most laugh out loud funny. Um, Life of Brian is the best in that it's just got um, it's got more that it's saying, mm-hmm. and it's got and it's got a more concise story. I mean, at the end of the day, Monty Python Holy Grail is just a series of sketches. Oh yeah. I mean, you, you you can say, oh, it's about you know he's looking for the Holy Grail. It's just walking into one sketch from another, and that's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, it works better, and I'm not downplaying, and I'm not dogging this movie. But Meaning of Life is literally just sketches. Yes. They're they're not trying to put a story through it. Some of those sketches are some of the best stuff they ever wrote. But it's yeah, it's just sketches, yeah. and it doesn't exactly work for an hour and a half. Right. But Life of Brian, they had a statement they were making, and it's got a story that's got a beginning and a middle and an end. Right. Yes, it works the best hands down. Isn't John Cleese working on a? Uh stage version well brian i heard he was yeah he is i did hear that i'd forgotten about it but he is but what's weird about it is that eric idol has already made a basically an opera concert version what of life of brian it's called not the messiah just the naughty boy have you not heard of it no never heard Look, of it. it exists oh well, is he yeah. full it's not uh, he did spam a lot which is the musical theater version of holy grail mm-hmm but then Life of Brian, uh, not, he, not the Messiah, just the Naughty Boy, is different. It's not meant to be like a stage show with actors and costumes. It's written to be um, an opera piece. where And there is dialogue, but it's just it's written and meant to be performed, and I've seen a couple of different versions of it. It's just people behind podiums with the music before them. They're not building, doing stuff in front of sets and whatnot. It's meant to be a concert. Okay. So what John Cleese is doing is apparently a... I don't know if it's a. I, I, I think it's a musical. No, no. It's yeah, just a straight show. It's just going to be a straight show. So yeah, so he's doing a straight show. I, I believe it's not even going to contain the song "Always Look on the Bright Side of Life." Well, probably because not. I'm sure that's strictly 
Eric Idle wrote that song. Right. It, it's in Not the Messiah, Just the Naughty Boy. And I'm sure that there's some legalese that's not allowing John Cleese to use that, which I will go ahead and be on the record as saying, and I know everybody's waiting for me to say it. Do it. Um, if you can't end Life of Brian with Always Look on the Bright Side of Life, then you probably shouldn't do it. I'm sure he'll figure out a way. It's it's too iconic. It's he, and it's 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 it's. He and Eric it, will get together. There's no other way. I, I don't know. Sometimes <laughs> sometimes those guys can get ornery with each other. Well, true, but come on. And don't get me wrong. I I it's love. It's gonna make bucks. Okay, it, lots it, of money. They, it will make two bucks for sure. It will make a couple of bucks. They can split a couple of dollars. I mean, I don't know. We'll see. I don't. I don't want to say anything bad about John Cleese because I love John Cleese. I would love. I I almost had a chance to meet him, and I would have done it. He was at a. He was tentatively going to be at a Comic-Con. Um, this was years ago. Okay. Um, I don't even remember if it was in North Carolina or somewhere else. But me and Meredith were going to go. It was going to be the first Comic-Con I ever went to. And honestly, it's because when she showed me the lineup, I saw John Cleese in person. And I was mm. like, uh, yeah. Mm. Like, I will – I'll stand in the line for an hour. <laughs> like, I will. There's very – I'm not big on celebrity. I think, I think celebrity actors, I think they're neat. But there's not – that much I'm willing to do to go out of my way. Me and Meredith went for one day to a Comic-Con in Raleigh about a, um, a month ago. Right. Number one, I went because it was a two-hour drive. So I was like, okay, I can do a day. Yeah. I can do a day. Um, the most interesting celebrity that was there the day that we were there was a Dave Foley. Right. Kids in the hall. Mm-hmm. And I saw that in the book, and I was like, you know what? Okay, let's walk past through the uh, whatever the hall is they call where the celebrities are. If... If I don't have to wait too long, and I told her that I'll know it when I see it. <laughs> if I don't have to wait too long, yeah. like Christopher Lloyd was there, and of course the line to see Christopher Lloyd and Richard Dreyfus, oh, yeah. those lines were abysmal. They were long, like an hour, hour and a half, and it's like you know Forget what? It. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not that interested. Yeah, I'm really not. Dave Foley, I walk past. There's no one there. Oh. I mean, he's there. Poor Dave. No one, I don't, well, I'm sure he had other people coming through there, but it just you know, he's I mean, look. He wasn't in Back to the Future yeah. or Jaws, so you know. But so so I could literally just walk up and got bought an autograph because look, there, it's a business. Mm-hmm. You know, I right. I I'm not going to go up there and just try to talk to him for free. He's there to make money. Exactly. I understand that. Mm-hmm. So it's a transaction. So yeah. I literally got to just walk right up, and um, but I wanted to talk to him about something like interesting. I didn't want to just I, – I never would want to just go up to a celebrity and be like, I, uh, I like the way that you, you make funnies. <laughs> I, I, I like it. Uh-huh, I don't uh-huh. want to do that. $20. Now, I wish in retrospect I had talked to him about a movie he wrote and starred in in the 90s called The Wrong Guy. Mm-hmm. Have you seen that? I have not, no. Watch it this afternoon. Oh. I love that movie. Well, I'll be on my way to Richmond, so I can give okay, a shot. Okay, well, hey, you, know, put, you can put it on the laptop in your passenger seat. I'm well, sure, sure you'll be fine. I can do that. You'll be absolutely fine. Um, it's hilarious. I love it. And I wish I'd have asked him about that. Right. But instead, I went up to him and I said, uh, I said, Dave, I said, because I just paid, I forgot how much money. Not, you know, not... I don't know, maybe twenty dollars, maybe less. That sounds about right. Yeah, it, it sounds about right. I, I twenty certainly, bucks. But anyway, standard. But either way, I have just paid my fee to get an autograph, so I feel I'm okay with calling him on a first name basis. Sure. So I go, Dave. I said, Dave, you've done so many awesome things, um, and I could talk to you about so many of the cool things you've done, but I'd like to ask you about Monkey Bone. No. <laughs> he immediately laughed. <laughs> 
Uh-huh. <laughs> he was like, oh, you're one of those guys. And I was like, ah. And, and he began to start trashing Monkey Bone. I was like, yeah, oh, yeah, that movie's a mess. It's terrible. It wasn't great there. And I said, well, actually, I really like it. Uh-huh. And he begins to backtrack. Dave uh-huh. Foley's like, well, you know, it's got this. And I go, Dave, Dave. Yeah, it's moments, you know. I tell, I tell him, I say, Dave, Dave, it's okay. You can hate it. It's fine. I I think it's wacky and I really enjoy it there and and um and the, and, the, and the thing that he said about it after I said well you know the problem is that movie it had Brendan Fraser hmm. and Bridget Fonda right but they show my ass they do. <laughs> why not I know and I said but I said Dave you got a nice ass <laughs> so so that's my takeaway. I got the tell. Did he give you twenty dollars back? So that was nice. Of him. <laughs> no, no, he kept the twenty dollars. <laughs> oh, okay, but I that got, jerk. but I got a nice glossy headshot of Dave Foley. Yeah. You know, to Keith, Dave Foley, and I got to let him know that he has a really nice butt. <laughs> so I, so that is it. That so made I, his day, I bet. You know, eh, hopefully so. He'll so remember that, you from from now on. Well, you know, and I and I'm not saying that I'm trying. I want them to remember me. You know, these guys have so many social interactions. You know, there's no way they can remember folks. But, you know, if I could have a slightly unique back and forth. So the fact that I'm able to say that I, to his face, complimented complimented Dave Foley's butt. Right. That, to me, is a worthwhile experience. Well, he probably. I'm okay with that. He probably, uh, you know, after he was done with his stuff, he probably walked by the Christopher Lloyd and Richard Dreyfuss thing with all the lines of people. Not one person complimented my rear end. <laughs> they just walking by going, some guy liked my butt. Exactly. Uh, and they go, why is Doug Foley yelling at us? <laughs> Doug Foley. <laughs> uh, Doug's Foley. Um the interesting thing about that Comic-Con was this was in the midst of where well, we're still in it right now, but the actor strike and all that. That's true. So all these people, they had to be very they, – they, they couldn't seem like they were promoting anything that they'd ever done. So, like, we went to the, um, the uh, Q&A session with Christopher Lloyd. Uh-oh. Um, but, yeah, but he was, it was very strange. He couldn't talk about his movies and stuff. So, but what was it? But actually, it ended up being more interesting because instead, it was like, okay, well, instead of that, we're going to talk about the start of your career and most specifically, your theater work. Yeah. So he talked a lot about that. Apparently, Christopher Lloyd, like in the seventies, was in a production of Hamlet with, um, I believe it was, um, Peter Weller. Whoa. And Susan Sarandon, I want to say, and I think that was one other person I can't remember. But he, like, 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 could you imagine? Like, and at this point, they were nobodies. <laughs> they were nobodies. But, but out there, there, there are a bunch of people out there who saw a production of Hamlet in the seventies with like what ended up becoming one of those all-star casts. Wow, that you could imagine. Hmm. Did we do, do, do know what part he played? Uh, he did mention it, but I cannot remember. Hmm. He was probably um, uh, Laertes. Laertes. You know what? I'm not gonna lie. I, I, I don't know if you're being serious, but that that kind of rings a bell. I can I can see him as Laertes. Maybe so. Peter Weller's probably Hamlet. Maybe. I don't know if he was or not, but I could see that. Oh oh oh! Christopher Walken. That was the other one. Christopher Walken. Christopher Walken was in it. Oh, what is it? To be or not to be? He was Claudius. He was King Claudius. Well, that's the question. <laughs> <laughs> Which Christopher Lloyd did mention that he was just kind of like, yeah, I mean, you could imagine. You know, that he had that same cadence mm-hmm. <laughs> even mm-hmm. in those days. That's what Jeez. he had. God bless him. 
Um, I cannot tell the other story that that he, well, that okay, he told do, that I really enjoyed. Don't. I can't do it because it involves it words you can't say. Good, on good here. Good. Um, but it was really funny, if slightly alarming, to Christopher Lloyd say those things. And he's up there in age. Well, yeah, he's he's an older guy now. But I mean, I saw him in with the, the that Bob Odenkirk movie, Nobody. Did you ever see that? I didn't. I kind of want to. He plays Bob Oden. Well. Yeah, he plays his father, of course, because since he's ancient. Yeah, but <laughs> yeah. but you know, there he's like ex-government guy. Uh huh. You know, did whatever he was told, killed uh-huh. people when he had to. But uh, and Christopher Lloyd, <laughs> this is the one scene at the end where they're fighting a bunch of Russians. I'm gonna a lot of spoilers here, in case anyone's missed it. Oh, okay, I, I did, but go ahead. I'll but don't worry, it. you're not missing much. But, oh, okay. Uh, but uh, yeah, he's holding a uh, sawed-off shotgun. Christopher Lloyd. Awesome. Firing it. Sweet. No recoil whatsoever. I oh. don't know how the 85-year-old yeah. man is walking around that with that. That would push me back for sure. It would have blown him through the wall. <laughs> well, I guess the idea is that he's supposed to, I guess he's used to these weapons. He's spent a life using them, so maybe. The most of the movie he spends in a chair at an old folks home watching television. Well. Then he's up at the end. <laughs> Daryl. Daryl, it's like riding a bicycle, okay? It's just a lot harder to put baseball cards in the spokes. Great Scott. You know, just, uh. Marty! <laughs> Marty, 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 Marty. Get down! I thought, what the hell? All right. I'm sure it look. I'm sure it looks incredibly silly. I it is. It's it, the end's silly. pretty silly, but it's made by who made those movies? Oh, it's made the folks to make John Wick. So no, oh, there. Well, the, there, you, there go. you go. You know, yeah. controversial opinion. I'm going to put this out there. I know we're going to leave here soon. Very soon. We, we did an entire show. Oh, uh, we, we did. Yes, yeah, we're going to do an abbreviated. And it was only fifty percent cat poop. Good. Only 50%. Actually, it's thir- it was only about uh, 33% because it was about 20 minutes, right? So uh, Something like that. Yeah. 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 So, okay. It's okay. less than 40, 40%. Not bad. Not bad. Less than 40% cat poop here on Men on We didn't even address the fact that it, that this broadcast started out as the recording of an older episode. Right. And then we hoodwinked people. They're like, oh, good. Some classic <laughs> Men on Radio. And then 20 minutes of cat poop. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know. That was all intentional. That is the service we provide here. <laughs> The old switcheroo, <laughs> just as we're known houses. for. And, you know, we normally, and we'll, I'll be, we'll be off to uh, Richmond soon to see Bowling for Soup. Enjoy that. At the Canal Club, where it's going to be roughly 100 degrees in Richmond. Oh, boy. In a tiny little club. It's it's going to be hot. It's the experience you're paying for. That's true. I mean, I wanted to see these guys before I died, and I'm going to do it. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. It's on my bucket list. I'm not that old, but oh, still. Oh, this, this is the first time you've seen him in person? Exactly. Cool. I, I, don't, I normally don't go to concerts. Uh, I'm not big on them either. I have issues with being in crowds. Understood. I can be on stage in front of a crowd, but I can't be in a crowd. That's different and separate. I completely yeah. understand that. I get a little nervous when that happens. Well, like I've mentioned about the Comic-Cons, I've, I've been to, I went to the one in Raleigh, which was a much smaller one. It was in one hotel. Right. Um, and I was there for one day. Mm-hmm. Um, I went to a Comic-Con a year ago in Georgia with my wife because she loves these things. Um, and that was a full-on Comic-Con trip. I was there for like three, four days, went to all the different things. I've done it once. I never want to do it again. Mm-hmm. She knows this. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and one of the problems is it's like just tens of thousands of people just just milling all about wherever you go. And it's, right. just, it's just too much. Mm-hmm. For what it is, it's too much. So I, I, I completely that. get that. And I'm the same way with concerts. Earlier this year, I saw what is what will always be the greatest concert. I don't care whatever concerts I see in the future. This will be the greatest concert I've ever seen. Example. It was a 
unless you change my mind, oh. take a chance, take a take a chance, mm-hmm, chance. Mm-hmm. I, I don't like Abba. Oh, okay. He um, yeah. Uh, no, I saw Billy Joel and Stevie Nicks. Oh, that's nice. And yeah, there will never be a better concert wow. for me. That's it. Mm-hmm. Like I and I knew like the moment it's. I knew before I saw it, but I knew moment the song concert because I was like, I will never have as much fun at a concert. As wow, I love it here. It was great. So, but now I, I understand that. So I enjoy Bowling for Soup. I oh, hope they you. are fantastic. Well, this is not a bit of Bowling for Soup. This is just What's closing that? music. Oh, okay. Galloping Gertie. Playing us out? Yeah, we're going to play us out here. Okay. You folks can hear i got to deliver some cat poop. <laughs> i got to get that to the, the fine people yeah, at you, Feline it's first. It's not going to be as fresh if you don't get it there soon. Yeah, I know. I hope, they're, has, I hope has, they're okay with it. Has an expiration date. I really don't want to have to get more. <laughs> Good deal. All right, everyone. Thank you for listening to Men on the Radio Offering Nonsensical Solutions. We did it.